0: Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm—wait, am I the straight lace psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist, and you were going to be the super-serious
1: trauma specialist.
0: No, you were going to be the relationship expert. Like, love expert. And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth
1: techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
0: And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything for you. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I am the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington, and I'm a licensed psychotherapist. And we're here today on 1150 AM KKNW, as we are every Monday morning at 9 AM where we talk about a little bit of everything in the world of therapy and positive mental health. And today I am joined by another Anchor Light psychotherapist, Mara Harrington.
2: Good morning, Mira. Uh, good morning, Lauren. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back again and good morning to all of our listeners here at Holding Ground.
1: Well, we have a great topic today that I think is very timely since it's the day after Valentine's Day. And sometimes this can be a triggering holiday for people because For the people that aren't coupled up, sometimes they end up feeling lonely. So today, me and Mara are going to be talking about what you can do when you're feeling lonely. Um, And Mara, what are your thoughts about Valentine's Day and and loneliness?
2: (laughs) Well, I definitely think that it can make things worse, whether you are with a partner or, you know, you are single and watching everyone else enjoy their holiday. And I feel I feel like um, I guess, you know, thinking about it like a Hallmark holiday, Mm -hmm. tends to make things worse, because you have your expectations of what is supposed to be happening. And it's all about romance and connectedness and you know, all of the chocolate. And um, often it doesn't pan out, you know, like I was telling you, my plans for romantic dinner were completely spoiled by my arch nemesis, the instant cart delivery driver (laughs) and yours by, by your dog children. So,
1: (laughs) And and the storm didn't help too. We're all snowed in here in Seattle. So there was all kinds of obstacles for a lot of people out there to creating a very special Valentine's Day.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm very romantic in my sweatpants, just yeah. let me say. <laughs> yes.
1: So that's you know, you bring up such a good point about expectations. So mm-hmm. I think people think about uh the single crowd maybe being lonely during Valentine's Day, but I think also coupled up people okay, hit it. can feel just as lonely because they may have expectations from um a, for their partners about what they would put together for Valentine's Day. Maybe they want a really big romantic gesture. And if their partner isn't on the same page with that, they could be left feeling disappointed and kind of alone in their desire to have this special experience.
2: Yeah, it's not just for the singletons coming out of what can be, as I'd like to say, a very depressing and disappointingly dumb weekend.
1: (laughs) So loneliness, of course, affects People in all different ways outside of Valentine's Day, Um, especially this year during the pandemic, a lot of people have experienced isolation, not being able to connect with others. And so everyone is going to experience loneliness at some point in their life, Um, maybe Mm -hmm. some more than others. And I know, Mary, you have some information about the damage that loneliness can do.
2: I do. And yeah, I think that everyone experiences loneliness and isolation in their lives, um, some more than others. Loneliness can hurt. It can physically hurt. Um, Loneliness is likely to increase your risk of death um, by 25%. Loneliness, living alone, poor social connections—they're as bad for your health as smoking. Like, I mean, we're not talking like one cigarette a day. We're talking fifteen. Wow. And that's some damaging effort, you know, so to speak. Um, loneliness can be worse for you than obesity for your health. Uh, Loneliness and social isolation are associated with an increased risk of developing coronary heart disease and stroke. They can increase your risk of high blood pressure. Um, It's linked with severe depression and that is associated with early mortality and loneliness is also a risk factor for depression in later life. And another thing, um, loneliness and social isolation can put you at greater risk of cognitive decline and things like dementia come into play.
1: Wow, there, so there are a lot of things I that are, you know, a lot of damage if we have poor social connection. And we are, as human beings, we're wired to connect with other human beings. I mean, babies that mm-hmm. don't have proper connection and nurturing will not thrive. Um, so that it's interesting that loneliness is a natural emotion, but it also can be a manufactured emotion too. I think that sometimes the stories that we tell ourselves can trigger feelings of loneliness when in fact we do have connection with other
2: people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can absolutely. Like, even like personally, um, anecdotally, I was kind of one of, let's cue, cue the Robert Smith Cue, <laughs> cue the cure, cue the black eyeliner and brown lip gloss. It was it was the 1980s, early 1990s, and a young Mara was in middle and high school. I was really nerdy and socially awkward. And big shout out to all of my my fan base there. Um, we we had had a hard time fitting in as a group. Um, the art nerds, the theater nerds, the, the you know, drama club, whatever. Um, it was really difficult and being, I, I went to a very small Catholic school in the Midwest and it was very challenging just to, you know, find your place, find where you fit in and That that just made things much more isolated, even though there were people, you know, that but you have to make a conscious choice to reach out, Mm -hmm. which is a challenge. And then, you know, moving here, the there are people who will tell me that the Seattle freeze is not real. (laughs) I am here to tell you, no, no, nay, nay. It is it is a real thing. And I think a lot of people have to push past it because being isolated, forcing isolation upon yourself is not healthy. It isn't.
1: Yes. And so that's, I mean, a great example of, of being in school because it sounds like you had your friends that you were, you said there was like the group of you that were were the drama club people, and maybe there were people that were not accepting, but you did have those connections. Although sometimes I think it can feel like maybe those aren't as important or maybe they don't matter because you have other people that are not accepting, especially when you're a kid. Does that feel accurate? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. It all, it all just makes you reticent to share because yeah. those areas of your life are so, you know, immediately slapped down by someone, which makes it really hard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, the Seattle free. So I think that it's, uh, I think I am from Seattle. I think there Mm -hmm. are wonderful, warm people from Seattle. Of course. Do you think it's not a friendly um, culture necessarily like the South or the Midwest? And so people Mm -hmm. come here and I think that the overall, um, I don't know, I think just culturally people are more introverted here. Maybe it's the rain. We don't go outside very often, (laughs) right. But, um, but yeah, I just, clients all the time, you know, of course, having so much big business here with Microsoft and Amazon, mm-hmm. and people that come from all over the country, and all over the world, and that they struggle in this environment, because it isn't a super friendly, outgoing environment necessarily, and it, and it can be tough.
2: Right. And I know, like, you know, some people like you think you think of the computer engineer or... The you know, someone in IT, something like that, as not necessarily maybe being as social mm-hmm. as others, and that that is something. But they do have their niche. They do have their core group of people to interact with on their teams and their companies, and you know their experiences coming out of out of college which if you're in high school and listening to this and feeling down just wait college is a wonderful experience i promise you Mm -hmm. listen to Mara; you will enjoy it Mm -hmm. um but a lot of people like you know my my husband for example brought a wife who is very outgoing and one of the terrifying things that i do is i will talk to people in the checkout line at the grocery store whom i don't know (laughs) I will say hello and have a nice day. And I am looked at like I'm an alien with a third head. So (laughs) it's challenging when you're very social.
1: Yeah, and that's something that causes people to feel lonely is that they feel like they're different than everybody else. And so for whatever reason, you could be somebody who maybe lives in a really religious community or a religious mm-hmm. area and you're not religious or, or the other way around, you are very religious and you're living in a community where you aren't, or you're from another place where people interact yeah. in different ways than, than where you currently are. So I think anytime that you feel a sense of separateness, loneliness can definitely come and you know, come up for people. Another place where I see a lot of, of my clients um, feeling lonely is when they're when they're single and dating. So I do a lot of work mm-hmm. with uh, individuals who are looking to improve their self-confidence and maybe attract the right partner.
2: Yeah, and in those cases, yeah. you know, we what do we always say? You you learn to love yourself first. And then those things in your life that you want to attract. And especially when it like you said, when we're working with people who are looking at looking at dating looking at being open to finding love knowing what you are looking for also so it's about looking within and also looking looking out you know hopefully hopefully at someone who is is not isolated. <laughs> so yeah it's important the important thing is that you're growing as a person that you're challenging yourself to reach out and First of all, learning how to love yourself and to not feel as lonely in your own skin.
1: So this is a good example of where loneliness is more of a manufactured emotion when we talk about dating. And so oftentimes when I work with people who are looking for a partner, they will report that they feel extremely lonely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they still have a lot of connections in their life. Maybe they have their kids, their, you know, their friends, their families, their coworkers. So they, it's not, they're not in isolation. They are interacting with other people, but the lack of a partner in their lives really is painful to them. And so they have a a narrative of not being good enough or that there's lack in their lives because they don't have a partner. And this can trigger a feeling of loneliness, which is a little bit different than somebody who is actually in isolation who maybe you know sometimes elderly people are very isolated and their loneliness mm-hmm. is more of the, the physical type of loneliness but yeah
2: and yeah. a lot of people with disabilities
1: mm-hmm.
2: are isolated and it's also more likely apparently to happen with women than it is with men
0: interesting
1: so you know going back to the dating example I like this topic because I talk about it with clients all the time. If you feel like something is missing in your life and you're looking for some another person to be a band-aid for that experience, probably not a good time to date. Like you said, you want right? to really feel whole and complete within yourself. And of course, you need connection with other people. We all need that. But mm-hmm. you know, ask yourself the question, do you already have connection with a lot of people? And you're telling yourself that you feel lonely just because one aspect of your life hasn't lined up quite yet.
2: Right, right.
1: So I think this will be a good time to take a little break. And when we come back, I'm going to continue talking with Mara, and she's going to share some tips with our listeners of what you can do when you're feeling lonely. So stay tuned. You're listening to Holding Ground.
4: I'm Dr. Anthony Leiserwitz, and this is Climate Connections. Cat and dog owners dread seeing ticks or fleas on their furry friends. These parasites can spread disease and make pets itchy and miserable. It can be so bad that they cause lots of skin damage from their nails. They get secondary infections. They'll lose their hair. And overall, it's just a complete nuisance to the animal and the owners That's Brian Heron, a veterinarian at Kansas State University. He says fleas like warm, humid weather, so pets are most likely to catch them between spring and fall. But flea infestations can happen in winter too, especially as the climate changes. As winters become milder, fleas stay active longer. And as conditions change, some species of ticks are expanding their ranges. Where I'm at in Kansas, our predominant tick is the Lone Star tick. And in our area, it's a spring-summer type of tick. And so as the temperatures change, as it becomes warmer, as we have shorter periods of cold, then its range is actually moving northward. So Heron recommends year-round flea and tick prevention, even if you live in the northern U.S. That's really the safest way. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org.
1: Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
0: And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m., Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
5: What do trees make you think of? Life, longevity, health? There's a reason for that. They're the building blocks of our ecosystems, capable of restoring land and environment while creating stable food systems and economic opportunity. At Trees for the Future, for 30 years, we've worked with smallholder farmers in developing countries to establish sustainable agroforestry methods where there was once deforestation and poor agricultural practices, there are now thriving microenvironments we call forest gardens, made up of more than 50 species of trees and dozens of shrubs, fruits, and vegetables. Through Trees for the Future's forest garden approach, thousands of farming families have successfully brought their land back to life. A sustainable solution to hunger, poverty, and climate change, sponsored by Trees for the Future. You are invited to join the movement at trees.org slash radio. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150.
1: Welcome back to Holding Ground. I am your host, Laura Richard, and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And I am joined today by Mira Harrington, who is a licensed psychotherapist at Anchor Light. And we are continuing to talk about the signs of loneliness and what you can do when you're feeling uh, lonely.
2: Thank so, you, Laura. Yeah, I'm really enjoying talking about all of our experiences and helping our listeners cope with these struggles.
1: Yeah, you know, and now is a time when, you know, loneliness has has been a big topic of conversation because we have all experienced so much isolation in the past year. So I think this yeah. episode is very timely, mm-hmm. getting all kinds of questions from, from clients and maybe even people in your personal life about what to do during this time?
2: Yeah. I mean, the first thing, the first thing that I want to say is, you know, I I keep hearing people asking me, is this normal? Is this normal? Am I normal? And I think it's important for everyone to know you are, you are perfectly valid in your feelings. Um, We need to talk more about normalizing them. And I feel like a lot of people would agree, you know, don't stuff it down, don't hold it in, let it out, let it out in healthy ways. And, you know, these feelings, they're not always signs of being mentally ill, as, you know, we would say they're, they're signs that you have feelings that you're a human being and loneliness, like it doesn't have one solitary cause. So you like you can jump over to our website and look at our blogs if you feel so inclined. I've, I've written at length about loneliness this month, um, probably dressed up like Lydia Dietz in your mind, please. Um, if you get that, we can be friends. Um, you can feel lonely in a relationship for many reasons. Um, you can be the life of the party. Um, you can, you choose to not reach out for whatever reason, and it makes it really hard. Um, just
1: Yeah, but there are so many yeah. reasons why people choose not to reach out. And I, you know, I love what you said that loneliness is not a sign of mental illness, that feelings aligns mm-hmm. that we're human. And I think there's a lot of pressure in our culture to be okay all the time. and And sometimes we're not feeling okay. Sometimes we're feeling down or lonely or depressed. And that is the time when people are less likely to reach out, but that's the most important time for them to reach
2: out. And chronic loneliness, like sometimes the feelings of loneliness and social isolation go on for such a long time and you're just feeling like weighed down by these constant feelings of being alone, isolated from others, unable to connect, and uh, sometimes that can bring along with it, like, feelings of inadequacy, poor self-esteem, self-loathing, like, oh, these people are not going to like me, so I'm not going to brush my teeth and put on my fresh everyday sweatpants and go out and interact, you know? So it, I mean, it can afflict even a, even a person who does, like I said, seem like the life of the party. Like they might not seem chronically lonely, but it, even that can eventually impact other areas of your life. Right.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you've brought up a couple really, I think, common reasons why people end up feeling lonely and, Mm -hmm. and you know, whether you're in a new situation where you feel different, maybe you're in a new city or you're at a new school or somehow you just feel different than the people that you're with Um, or just feeling different in general. Maybe you're not in a new situation, but there's something about you that you feel like you don't connect or that you're not similar to the people around you not having a romantic partner, I think is a huge trigger for, for people, um, especially around Valentine's day. Like uh-huh. you mentioned. And sometimes people, you know, feel lonely when they don't when they just don't have any time for themselves, which is interesting. They're just so busy. Their life is so chaotic, chaotic, that they almost feel empty and that, that can feel
3: really
2: well. Yeah. And there are times in that instance, because, you know, I, I do talk to a lot of people and, sometimes even a person who has a partner and in these times we're spending a lot more time with our partner um, they're feeling lonely Mm -hmm. and like you said before it's really important to take that time and really assess why am I feeling like this what is missing I mean, it's it's ideal that hopefully you would have this conversation with yourself um, before you're in a relationship, but, you know, what am I missing? How can I take care of me in ways that build me up, make me feel like a better person?
1: And so, Mara, we know as couples therapists, we see a lot of couples at anchor light therapy, that of course people feel lonely in their relationships. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's when people feel the loneliness. Tell me a little bit about what your clients experience in terms of feeling lonely in their relationships.
2: Mm. Well, and a lot of times you you have to ask yourself, is it my relationship or is it that I'm feeling lonely? You know, like when you're when you're in a relationship and you're feeling lonely, uh, first you have to ask yourself, are there concerns outside of your relationship that might be causing your feelings? And we look at this and we talk about it in in my sessions. I've probably heard it more in the last like month or so than I have before, courtesy of coronavirus, you know. <laughs> Um, Maybe you're feeling, if you really think about it, um, maybe you're feeling dissatisfied with your work, or maybe there is a friendship within your social circle that either needs to have some kind of a peaceful ending, or it needs to be worked on so that it can be stronger. Maybe you need to check in. Maybe you're doing that thing of putting all of your eggs in one basket, which we all know is a really good way to burn yourself out, get anxiety. Um, Maybe you're relying too much on your partner. And I'm sure this comes up with you for therapy too, but maybe you're relying too much on your partner for your feelings of completeness and there could be something like i god i don't want to sound trite but maybe engaging in a new hobby um, or involving yourself more in your circle of friends could help for improving your sense of overall well-being
1: yeah, definitely. I have seen that with couples that, that there can be a partner in the couple that wants their happiness to come through their partner and, and they don't necessarily realize that that's something that has to come from within them.
2: Yeah. That's something that you make yourself. You are a magical walking skeleton that can create your own happiness. Yeah. There. I've yeah. just changed your life. You're yeah, welcome. so that,
1: that <laughs> is That is sometimes people don't either understand that or it feels challenging and that's a good time when you can do you know work on some of your own things and finding some of your own interests because you don't want to put so much pressure on your relationship even in terms of like curing your loneliness because your loneliness may be related to something else I think one thing that's really interesting that I've seen in couples therapy because we have less alone time than we've ever had all being home together with our and for some people, their kids and their pets and everybody's all together all the time. And yet they're still feeling lonely. And an interesting pattern that I've noticed is that people who pre-pandemic functioned living more separate lives, maybe they worked outside the home quite a bit, they had their yeah. own friends that they saw, that they didn't realize the emotional disconnect they had from their partner until they were all stuck in the house together. And then once they were all stuck in the house together, they realized that they had kind of lost that connection and that triggered feelings of loneliness. So, that I think is one explanation for why people are feeling really lonely, even when everybody's right there.
2: Yeah. And I mean, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to jump over to my blogs, we talk about relationships, we talk about Loneliness, there are a lot of really great topics over on our website, um, anchorlighttherapy.com. And I encourage you to check them out because they can certainly supplement what we're doing. But um, if you're feeling like you and your partner aren't interacting as much as you would like, and you're having experiences where intimacy is very rare, it might be time to confide in your partner and collaborate to improve the situation. And that might mean coming in and seeing us. That might mean intentionally carving out more time just to connect with your partner. Um, Essentially, especially in these times, like you should feel comfortable talking to your partner about your feelings and you should feel safe and able to tell them. I know that it can, Challenging when you're thinking about opening yourself up in that way um, because loneliness can stem from a personal inability to allow yourself to be vulnerable with those around you. Um, But from a therapeutic perspective, this. And we see it all the time. And Laura kind of mentioned it a little bit before. It can create a downward spiral. And that just leads to deeper feelings of isolation and depression. And it can be a really vicious cycle if you allow it to be. But I know that you can learn the skills necessary to break this pattern. And first, it's about talking openly. let them know what's weighing on your mind. Um, ask them if they can listen to you in a non-judgmental way. and, you know, in, in in the way of the person who loves you the most, right? Um if this is challenging, or you know, you feel like you need to work on individual concerns of your own to better address these feelings of loneliness, which is, perfectly normal by the way um then it might be okay for you to consider couples or individual counseling
1: yeah counseling is always a great place to go when you're mm-hmm. when you're struggling with difficult emotions that you don't know how to process and also you know if you're not quite ready for counseling well if you are you should go to anchorliketherapy.com and schedule a 20 minute complimentary consultation with mira
2: Forward slash get started.
1: Therapist. Yes, <laughs> and you have our other therapists. Um, but there are also so many great books and resources and things that you can do to maybe start to help process. I mean, there's a world of information on YouTube if you want to start to look at different ways that, that you can, can better understand maybe why you are lonely and what you can do about it. But I think the first step is starting to ask yourself those questions. What is, what is triggering this response? Do I genuinely need some more human interaction because I have been isolated you know, for long periods of time? Um, Mm -hmm. Or am I telling myself a story that makes me feel terrible that maybe it isn't even true and that maybe there's a different way to see the situation? Like, you know, I'm not... I'm lonely because I don't have a partner, you know, maybe that, maybe you want a partner and that's fantastic. And, and hopefully you will find one, but in the meantime, what other relationships that are valuable to you have? Do you have friends? Do you have coworkers? Do you have family Are do you have connection and love in your life? And maybe you're overlooking it because you're, you're feeling that something is missing.
2: Yeah. And those can all be so overshadowing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I think this is an, another uh, time for a quick break, and then mm-hmm. we'll continue this conversation. So stay tuned. You're listening to Holding Ground.
2: Happy birthday to you.
3: My son Levi was so proud to turn three, but he will never get the chance to turn four. I'm Nicole Hughes, Levi's mom, and while on a family vacation, his childhood was snatched away when I turned to close a bag of chips. He was sitting on the couch surrounded by friends, and I split a brownie with him, and then somehow he slipped out the back door unnoticed down a flight of stairs and fell into the pool. When I jumped in to grab my son, the other half of the brownie was still in my mouth. I never thought my child would drown. But I was wrong. Drowning is the single leading cause of death for children ages one to four. It is silent and fast, and it can happen even when you aren't swimming. Drowning is preventable. Please talk with your pediatrician about how you can keep your child safe.
1: Thanks for tuning into our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can
0: find us here every Monday morning at 9
1: a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
0: And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
4: I'm Dr. Anthony Leiserwitz, and this is Climate Connections. Many birders visit wetlands hoping to see an eastern black rail, a sparrow-sized black bird with white spots and red eyes. But Eric Johnson of Audubon, Louisiana, says this tiny bird has a big reputation for secrecy. Very few birders actually are lucky enough to have ever seen a black rail. And now there are fewer to find. Over the last two decades, their populations have plummeted to only about 3,000 birds because of habitat loss in inland areas and sea level rise. The eastern black rails that live along the coast prefer a narrow band of shoreline where the land transitions from soggy to dry. Too many storm surge events during the nesting season and just the general encroachment of sea level rise narrows that band in such a way where it becomes less and less suitable to the black rail the species was recently listed as threatened under the Endangered Species Act. Johnson says the listing highlights the need to reduce carbon pollution in order to slow sea level rise. Because the Black Rail is such a mythical and beloved species, it has a real potential for helping sound this alarm and bringing more attention to those issues climate connections is produced by the yale center for environmental communication to hear more stories like this visit climateconnections.org alternative talk
5: 1150.
2: welcome back to holding ground this is mara harrington one of our licensed clinicians at anchor light therapy collective in queen anne seattle um Don't forget that you can schedule a complimentary consultation with any of our licensed therapists at anchorlighttherapy.com forward slash get started. We're back with our founder, Laura Richer. Laura, it's so good to talk with you this morning.
1: Yes, and I'm so glad that we're having this conversation on this important topic of, you know, signs that you might be lonely and what you can do about it. So if you're just tuning in, Mara and I have been talking about loneliness and what you can do to shake it off. So Mira, what do you suggest to clients who who report that they're feeling lonely?
2: Well, and I think it's really important to remember that a lot of times feelings of loneliness, feelings of depression, all of these like these low feelings, these slow feelings, these numbing feelings, they're so slow to creep up that you might not notice them happening until you have spent a week in bed and you don't remember the last time that you brushed your teeth Mm -hmm. now i'm not even making a joke because this is something that happens in a in a lot of cases of depression that i've seen you know someone comes in i haven't brushed my hair in two months Mm -hmm. and I don't remember the last time that I took a shower because why would I bother, you know? Um, so in the case of what to do for loneliness, we can be as mindful of the people around us as we are trying to be of ourselves. So you know, as a, as a therapist, surprisingly, maybe for all of you listening, my first inclination for someone who is dealing with loneliness or people around them, people who may be experiencing a lot of lonely people in their day-to-day lives, I'm not telling you to seek immediate therapy. Um, It's something to consider, but I'm asking, I'm suggesting that people who are listening and maybe know someone or, you know, you never know how going through a day is going to affect other people. You have ripples, (laughs) you, you cast ripples into your life that touch so many people and choosing choosing your words carefully choosing your actions carefully they're all very important and you know if if you are working on improving the way that you're thinking and feeling about yourself you're going to be changing the way that you are acting outwardly in more positive ways and those ripples just get more positive and they spread out to people who just think about it might be having a really crappy day like like right now have maybe spent their whole weekend looking at the snow and feeling really down (laughs) um feeling stuck yes, yes literally and figuratively um
1: yeah, loneliness doesn't have to be a bad thing either. I mean, no. just from all of our emotions, it's our internal guidance system alerting us to something. So, mm-hmm. loneliness can just be an alert that you need <clears throat> some more connection in your life and that maybe you yeah. reconnect with the other people in your life if you have found yourself to be really isolated. So, you know. Definitely, people who are depressed often feel very lonely. But just yes. because you have some feelings of loneliness doesn't mean
2: that you're depressed. It just means you might need a little
1: social interaction in your life. Yeah,
2: and sometimes you have to give yourself a little push. Like if you are more prone to feeling depressed, like again, will will anecdotally take me back to my high school days. Um, I had a friend, and she's still out in the world, and she's one of my best friends, Bex, um, who would check in on me. Mm. And even though both of us had times where we were feeling down, where, you know, we had been extra bullied and that would kind of make you withdraw into yourself more, um, that connection was like that light in the darkness. For someone who was both going through depression and having that like reinforced by people who were incredibly unkind. Mm. And I know people say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but what doesn't kill you can really beat you down if you allow it to. So you have to make those choices not to. You have to like reach out to friends, go out and do things, do things that make you smile.
1: And bullying is such a good example that creates this, this kind of internalized sense of being separate or not being, it's a
2: reinforcer. It's a reinforcer of that isolation. Absolutely.
1: And so people can carry with that with them long after the bullying has occurred. I've worked with clients who are in their forties and fifties that are still dealing with issues um, that, that really were created around being bullied when they were school aged, And that could have been Mm -hmm. 30 years ago. And so that is an excellent time to start therapy because there yeah. sometimes that damage, mm-hmm. it, it, that's a trauma and that mm-hmm. can be very impacting on people. And yeah. you, that's something that you can actually start to unpack in therapy and move through. And so you yeah. have that as a, as a, as your, your internal dialogue for your entire life.
2: Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's really important um, to know, and I cannot stress this enough right now, but please if you feel like you're in a darker place and those unhealthy and sticky and numbing unhelpful thoughts are taking the lead please reach out for help um whether it's a therapist a friend a hotline I know that we talk about this a lot and people are probably tired of hearing it, but we do care about you. And so like the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day. And that number is 800-273-8255. If you are at a point where you feel like you need help urgently, and, and things are just getting out of control, please, please reach out.
1: Yes. And that hotline is a fantastic resource that is available to you at, at any time. So, what are some other reasons, Mara, that you're seeing that people feel lonely? I know for me, I because we're stuck in the house so much right now, people are looking at social media a lot more, and that is causing them to feel lonely. Do you ever have people talk about that in your sessions?
2: Um I feel like, you know, there's well social media is an issue, of course. Um a lot of people just experiencing the change in their work environment. And away from coworkers. Yes, yeah. and and being stuck full time at home. Um, what I hear as a repeating pattern is, you know, we don't have any separation between our work life and our family life, mm-hmm. and that that border, as we like to say when we're talking in our fancy therapisty magical way, it's diffuse. And there's a lot of crossover. And I hear so many people saying they have a hard time turning it off. They have a hard time going from being the head of their department at work to being mom or dad at home, husband, wife, you know, those roles are different. Those are not as the, the, they have a different tone and it's hard to change.
1: Yes. And that goes back to sometimes feeling lonely when, when you just can't get a minute to yourself, when you're so busy that Mm -hmm. you're you're running your business or you're, you're doing your job from home and then you're dealing with your kids and you never had a second to yourself. And that can create a sense of, of, isolation in itself because you just feel overwhelmed.
2: Mm -hmm. Because I mean, in in normal life, think back, the year was 2019. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And we have, you have the ability to go to the office, to go out and like go to the gym, go to a movie. Do something that allows you to decompress, and now you know. On top of I, I, don't mean to spoil any surprises for you about like motherhood or whatever, but like you know, you don't get to pee alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, there's adding there all the time. Adding adding that on to all, an already challenging year where you can't leave your house without being concerned that you might get a virus and you can't go to these usual places that you would go as an outlet it's it's really hard
1: yeah so just to recap you know some things for our listeners to consider if they're feeling if they wonder if they should get some help with feelings of loneliness is is checking with yourself and notice if you're feeling depressed, if you're neglecting yourself, Mm if you're feeling like you want to withdraw even more if you're not reaching out to other
2: people. Yeah. When was the last time that you reached out to the people that were closest to you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. These are all some indicators that you might need a little bit of extra support in working through issues around loneliness, And you know, if you just are feeling lonely, but you have a lot of people around you, again, you might want to check in and see what the stories are that you're telling yourself. And if there's a way to reframe your current
2: experience. Yes,
1: you know, I love
2: a problem. solid fact-checking situation. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes,
1: yes. exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, what can you do? Some of the things you can do is just give us a call. You might want need somebody to talk to you, and that can help. Or reach out to some people in your life. You know, everyone, it's interesting too, I talk to people who feel lonely all the time, but then they assume that nobody, everyone else is busy and that nobody else wants them to reach out, but everyone is saying this. So you might yeah. assume someone is busy when in fact they're waiting for someone to reach out to them.
2: Yeah, and, and you never know unless you actually take that first step. So I do like, I understand that it's super challenging For someone who is an introvert by nature, someone who has social anxiety, someone that there maybe refills their social battery, so to speak, by, say, getting in contact with people very infrequently, now would be the time to... Get in touch with the people that are closest to you, that maybe you feel the most comfortable with. And, you know, for you, it might not be the people that you live with. It might be your best friend since eighth grade um, who lives across the country, but who is more than happy to say shoot you a text message every couple of days to check in just so you have that contact with someone that you can really be open and honest and vulnerable with and I know I know introverts that goes against our code I'm sorry I shouldn't even be talking about the code but It is really important and you have to challenge yourself to reach out and get that interaction. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, that can be the tricky part, but here goes. If you know someone who is isolating and feeling lonely, reach out to them, ask people to reach out to you, let them talk. Let them vent. Be okay. I know it can be hard to listen to someone who is lonely. If you think about it, a lot of their conversations, and I'm not generalizing, this is, this is statistical information. Um, a lot of their conversations, when they're in this state of loneliness, tend to skew towards the more negative, towards the down. Um, Let them express themselves. And it may be uncomfortable for you to sit in that, but it's also a good exercise for you to non-judgmentally observe and not soak in these feelings of being so down. Uh, Because remember we said, you have the power to affect how you feel, which sends out those ripples. All right. So you are being this tiny ray of sunshine that is shedding light on this person who is feeling down, who is feeling depressed, who is feeling lonely. So let them express themselves. Let them have these feelings. It is okay to feel sad. It is okay to feel lonely. It is okay to feel depressed. It is not okay to live there. It is okay to visit. Um, move that conversation then forward to something that is lighter or more positive. Um, Sometimes, like I said, just listening to them in a way that allows them to feel really heard can help to mute their feelings of loneliness. Sometimes you just have to say, man, that really sucks. So do you want to go get a cup of coffee and talk about it? if you're dealing with feelings of loneliness for yourself you know you can reach out to people you can reach out to a friend or a loved one you can reach out to the hotline again that was like 800-273-8255 talk about the things that you need to talk about tell your friends i have these things that are weighing on my mind that i need to get off my chest there oh, before i can move on um talk about your emotions using i statements and for those of you who haven't been in our office or haven't experienced therapy before what you doing um i statements are talking about how you're feeling not how you observe something else to be so you can say i feel lonely when i am in this situation i need x thing can you provide that for me in some way shape or form um You have to express what you need and identify that sometimes in order to be able to move out of isolation which will then help you to feel less depressed and more positive and hopefully ultimately that will help to move you up out of those depressive episodes and into having more good days than bad. And this can take some, some self-examination and some practice, um, and you may slip and you may not always be perfect at it. No one is perfect. But another theme that I have been iterating and reiterating probably ad nauseum, this month, um, Is that I want you and I want myself and everyone listening. I want you to choose to be kind to yourselves and spread that (laughs) to others. And I can't stress that enough.
1: Well good. I think that those are all fantastic te- tips and things to think about and just to to be mindful to take good care of each other right now that it is a really different difficult time. Um and there are a lot of people who are feeling lonely. So okay. so yeah, I think that that is fantastic. Be sure to reach out and if you have any questions, you can reach us directly at anchorlighttherapy.com and mm-hmm. I think that's it for today, Mara. I hope everyone has a great Monday and we'll be back here next week to talk more about the world of mental health and therapy. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning
0: at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We'll see you next week.